Sat Nam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. We have just come out of three celestial events, Mercury retrograde, which is a disassembler, powerful disassembler, a solar eclipse, which is hiding the logical and exposing the hidden, hiding the obvious and exposing the hidden and a new moon, which is about giving root to the hidden, planting seeds. A very, very powerful combination of celestial events, very powerful combination. I mean, you can think, okay, astrology, you know, philosophy, you know, well, Check it out. Farmers have been planting according to this for thousands of years, and it works. It's a little bit like reincarnation. Yogi Bhajan said when somebody said, what if I don't believe in reincarnation? And Yogi Bhajan said, it doesn't matter. It happens anyway. <laughs> you know, things are not dependent upon your belief system. What is dependent upon your belief system is whether or not you take advantage of things. Because if you don't believe in something, you won't act. So all of what's been taking place over the last few days, and there's a tail, it's a bell curve, so it has, a, has an apex and it has a tail on either side, is all about ev invoking, unfolding that which is hidden, that which is unknown. Think about the metaphor, which is really very true, as most metaphors go, and that is an iceberg. One-seventh of the iceberg is above the waterline. Six-sevenths of the iceberg are below it. So we don't see we don't perceive, we don't experience the total picture. Think of it in terms of, think of it in terms of the conscious and the unconscious. Five percent of the mental body, five percent of the perceivable is conscious. But you don't use all 5%. You use about 2%. And, you, and to grow, you can grow into the other 
because 75% of your system is subconscious, which is what runs your heart, runs your metabolic system, it runs your digestive system, it runs everything. You don't have to pay attention. You don't have to say, excuse me, I'm digesting right now. Okay, I just digested that carrot. You don't have to go through that consciously. That all happens subconsciously. And 20% of your mental body is higher consciousness, which is your ability to relate to that which is more infinite, more grand than just the mundacity of what we're dealing with on a day-to-day life. And so every circumstance that unfolds for you has got a vast amount of information hidden from you. And you're comfortable or uncomfortable with exactly what you know. But even if you're uncomfortable, you're comfortable with your discomfort because you know what you know. Even though it's uncomfortable, you know it. It's what you expect because you, you know what you want, but you get what you expect. Expectation is very powerful. And you don't always know what you expect till you get it. And then you go, I knew it. What this room does is this room teaches you to drill down into that so that you can actually have a greater amount of awareness for all that which is hidden. And this last week has been very much about, celestially, very much about exposing the hidden. But this being the case, every moment that you run into you have a combination of that which is proposing you and that which is opposing you, and it's equal. You have an equal amount proposing you and an equal amount opposing you. The way you have situated yourself is, according to our evolution over the last millions of years as a species, is that we are more interested in that which is opposing us because over these millions of years that which opposes us is danger. And so we don't want to know so much that which proposes us, we want to know more that which opposes us because we want to know where the danger lies. And this is the inversion that needs to take place in your consciousness. And this is what we do in this room, to invert that tendency, that inclination. Because when the part of the iceberg that is opposing you is what you're more inclined to be observing, more inclined to be obsessing over, then what will happen to you in any situation is you will find what's wrong. Whereas there is an equal amount that is right. And that which is right about any circumstance proposes you. 
and that which is wrong about any circumstance opposes you. However, if you embrace that which opposes you, you slow the whole thing down. And when you slow the whole thing down, you give your consciousness the ability to begin to discover the propositions. But this means that you have to extricate yourself from the dominance of certain emotions, fear, doubt, anger, and the combinations that give you that sensation of depression. All of which everybody walks around with a good dose of all the time and uses entertainment, etc. Thing, you know, entertainment I use as a broad term, but uses entertainments and distractions and attractions to sort of neutralize the effects of these emotions rather than actually diving into these emotions and unveiling the secrets that lie behind them. For example, when you're opposed by anyone, there's a tremendous amount of commonality. But that commonality is not in the observing pattern. The observing pattern is that which you, the patterns that you are observing. Now, if it's a person that's been around you for a, quite a while, you have strong habits in your observing pattern. You want to make sure that you keep your eye on that right fist because that person swings at you sometimes. That's a metaphor. So, whenever you see that person, you see the right fist. And you go, up. Oh, you haven't changed. That's what you deduce incorrectly, but you deduce it. Even though now they're trying to be a better person and they're putting their right fist behind them. And they're not trying to hide it from you, they're just trying not to use it on you. But you go, ah, there's the right fist, and now it's worse, they're trying to hide it from me. And in doing so, you feel very safe. Because you have just projected a whole new set of dangerous circumstances that you are absolutely determined to watch out for. And that's how we create models of the, be of the people, places, and things that are around us. People close to us, our parents, our children, our relatives, etc., our brothers, our sisters, our wives, our husbands, our, you know, all of those, our lovers, our friends, all of those people that we hold very close around us, associates, business partners. We have these models, and we don't let those models get disassembled very often because we don't want to do that much work. We want to be, I'm clear. Uh, I'm clear with you, I'm clear with you, I'm clear with you, I'm clear with you. There, I can do some things now because I'm clear with all of you. But all of this is changing all the time. And not only changing all the time, but you have to realize all of this is everything. So that person that you see, that piece of, because that's all you can see, is that piece of them, has all of this in addition to that piece of them. And if you were to ever emphasize any part of them that you have not been seeing for a long time, they would gladly step up in that persona. In other words, 
The jerk becomes the lover. I don't mean in sexual love. I mean just in, I mean, it could be in sexual love, but the jerk becomes the lover because all of a sudden you have found something to love about the jerk. Knowing that the jerk is still present, you're all jerks. I'm a jerk. We're all jerks. We all have that capacity. We can all call upon it whenever it's needed. And there are some people that we call upon it with all the time. And they consider us to be a jerk. If they hear about who we are from other people that never have experienced our jerk, they go, that's not who I know. So we're all those capacities at all times, some of them hidden. This last period of time has been very much about unveiling the hidden. But what you must understand is that when you run into the opposition, you call it an obstacle or a hurdle or a blockage, whatever you want to call it. Obstacles, according to the ancient yogic scripture, which is very clear, it's not philosophy, it's actuality. Obstacles are our deepest guardians. Because an obstacle comes into your life, grabs hold of you, and stops you. And says, before you go further, let me teach you what you need in that realm. What we do when we hit an obstacle, because we're obstinate, notice the similarity in the words, What we do when we hit an obstacle, excuse me while the PowerPoint gets fixed, is that we go crazy. And it's interesting, somebody pointed this out. I didn't actually intend it, but it's obviously intended. This looks like a brain. We go crazy in our brain. We go, we've hit this, we've come along here, we've hit this obstacle. And this obstacle is holding us because it's saying, you're not broad enough for this realm beyond me. So fill up so that you can go beyond me into this realm. And then you hit another obstacle and you have to fill up to become even broader to go beyond it. An obstacle is your greatest guardian. It's holding you until you have grown and matured to go beyond and into the next realm. But oftentimes we just consider it to be a jerk and we just do this. And we can do this for days, weeks, months, years, decades, lifetimes. Bouncing off of obstacles, cursing them, wondering why they're always in our way. Not remembering that there's always equal proposition to opposition in every moment. And if we are moving forward, if we are moving forward, we will have resistance. That's why airplanes create a dynamic relationship with the air. It's called aerodynamics. Just like boats, aquatic dynamics. The aquatic dynamics of a boat allows it to move through the water rapidly. The aerodynamics of the plane allow it to move through the plane dynamically. Did you ever notice that when you're getting on an airplane, the body of the airplane is very shiny? 
Because if they, were, if they paint it with flat paint, flat paint grabs hold of the air. And shiny lets the air slide off. That's how important that is. How shiny are you? How do you travel through time and space? Do you create dynamics so that you can travel through time and space and not build up the resistance? Or do you just plunge into time and space and try to just overpower it? So life is a struggle and then you die. Right? You've seen the bumper sticker? Life is hell, then you die. This is what we're about in Kundalini Yoga. Angles, triangles. The angles are what allow you to slide through the moment. And the opposition is what allows you to learn from the moment. So when we hit opposition, we must relax to receive. Because the opposition is what has taken place from us effortly moving forward. Opposition has built, we must relax to receive its message and slide through. I'll share a personal story, very recent. My wife and I leave on Saturday for two and a half weeks in India teaching this coming Saturday. And it appears that there must be just a lot more traffic going to India because the consulate is changing the way in which they work with visa. And we weren't aware of the change in the way they work with visas, so we just, my wife's passport had expired, we needed a new passport. The vi her visa had expired, we needed a new visa, so she got the new passport. When she got the passport, she sends it to or she was going to send it to the consulate. And she calls the consulate and the consulate said, the next appointment for visas, we're leaving November 1st, the next appointment for visas is November 13th. Opposition. I, we looked at this and we said, wow, this is a big opportunity to relax. And we're going to be so relaxed that if you don't get to go with me, you don't get to go with me. You'll just enjoy the dogs. Because that's the only time we have to leave them at home is when we travel outside the hemisphere. And so in the relaxation, things started to come to us. Yogi Bhajan's son-in-law, Satpal Singh, said after I communicated with him, oh yeah, I know the route that it goes through, let's just set that up. We were over visiting some friends uh, the night before the visa could, all of the things had come through, and the friend said, 
I'll just send my personal assistant. I'll fly my personal assistant to San Francisco. They'll t take it in personally. We don't have to spend an extra 24 hours for Federal Express. We said, thank you, bless, bless you. This is beautiful. As we were relaxed, these things were coming to us. On Thursday, I sent St. Paul Singh an email. I said, see if they can get it out today because we would love to have it before the weekend so that we can just have the weekend to pack. And then we'd have the whole next week to just... The very next morning, the passport and visa arrive at our house. So beautifully. And the whole time, we were not in the slightest amount stressed because stress will block the energetics because all it takes for somebody to say yes to a visa is for somebody to say yes to a visa and not say, oh, well, let's, I'll set that aside. I'll get to it tomorrow. These are people making decisions out of the universal mental body. Sandy's back in the corner. She works in the Italian v, uh, consulate. She's going, she got that right. These things happen because of people. You're a person. Do you recognize how important your frequencies are, your vibratory, your thought projections are? The universe is an enclosed system. If you want the goodness to be received, then you project goodness and relax. Goodness is received. Another enclosed system is the heart and circulation. Whatever the heart pumps out, when it relaxes, it receives back. It's really important for you to project what you want to receive because it's a cosmic law. In an enclosed system, you will receive what you give out. And so that's why when you hit these blockages, you don't want to give out cursy, idiotic words, thoughts. You want to give out, bless you for blocking me. Let me sit with this blockage and let me embrace and see what is the greater lesson that I am to learn in order to qualify to pass on to the next moment. Because you will be allowed into the next moment of your progression when you have learned everything from this moment of the progression. And you will be blocked physically, emotionally, and mentally if you don't completely absorb by relaxing. Relaxing physically, relaxing emotionally, and relaxing mentally to absorb the fullness of the lesson. And then you're allowed to pass on. However, that will require you changing your identity. Because your identity is that you have been able to pass on from moment to moment by struggling through. The funny thing is, you think you've passed through the moment, but you haven't. 
and the same blockages will reoccur. Ever had that? Right? Where you've got these recurring lessons that happened again. That means that you actually imagine that you have passed through a blockage, but you've tried to force your way through. And that's why everyone worships money, because people believe money can buy them through time. Money cannot buy you through time. Money can fool you into believing that you have moved into the next moment. But really what you've done is just redecorated this moment. You've just put up new curtains in this moment, got a new carpet. You've made yourself believe that it's completely different. But watch and wait. The lessons are on their way. Does this make sense? And so what we do in Kundalini Yoga is we change our physical structure. We change our physical... There it goes again. How beautiful. We change our physical pattern. Excuse me, our physical posture. And we change the pattern of our breath. Because when we change the posture and change the pattern, we begin to observe different parts it's so much more fun than using a clicker and a mouse this PowerPoint when we change our posture of of our physical body and we change the pattern of our breath we actually move and observe a different portion of the what is of which we're only observing around 2 to 3% at any given moment. And when you get the new information in, it gives you a new lead. And that's why what we do is we create this, what's called uncomfortable comfort. We relax the diaphragm so that the liver heat, instead of getting us charged up, being reflected off the diaphragm, oozes through the diaphragm into the heart and uncharges the moment and creates a sense of equality in the moment. That at first will make you feel very uncomfortable because when you start feeling equal to a moment, your identity disappears because what makes you understand who you are as an individual is that you stand out from the moment. But when you're equal to the moment, you merge in the moment. That's going to be very uncomfortable. And so usually what happens when we start to merge into a moment is that we create something that will cause us to stand out from the moment. Either by finding fault in the moment or just by finding an internal discomfort. Is this understood? So this is why we simply keep working with changing posture and changing pattern. Physical posture, breath pattern. As, you, as the pattern of your breath is changed, the pattern of your thinking changes right along with it. Bless you for joining us. 
Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.